Well, let's join together and pray one for another in these needs. And believe God to help and encourage and strengthen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Father, we bless you tonight. God, we praise you for all things. Lord, we, th we thank you, Lord, for your greatness and your goodness. God, we thank you for just how extraordinary you are. God, we thank you that we, we know who you are. And God, we know who to turn to in the midst of trouble and trial and circumstance and sickness. So, Father, we just bless you tonight. God, we, we just take the time just to honor you and to thank you that, Lord, that you are our resource. That, God, you're our everything, Lord. You're our healer, our deliverer. And so, Father, as we come to you tonight, God, we just we recognize that, that you possess all things that we may stand in need of. That, God, we, we recognize tonight, even as we've studied, Lord, as, as citizens of the kingdom, Lord, that the th very things that we, have act that we request, Lord, we have access to through you, as we've learned. And so, Father, tonight, I thank you that we, we have access to healing and that, God, we have access to, to miracle-working power. And that, God, there is access, Lord, to to your provision tonight as we lift up your needs and your people. God, I thank you that you're you're continually in our midst. God, I praise you tonight that, Lord, everything that we've shared, God, even Sundays I shared my heart, God, with the people about the hour and the time that we're in, and God, just what I sense by your spirit, God, I thank you and praise you that, that Lord, you prepare hearts, that, Lord, you change lives, that, that Lord, you arrest people's hearts, that, Lord, you, you just burn away complacency in our lives, and that, God, that I, I pray that people's lives and hearts will become I'm red hot for you. God, just excited and on fire, Lord, for you, God, like never before. So, Father, I just thank you, though, that there is a shaking that's going on. God, there is a there is a, a, a separating of wheat from the chaff. God, we, wheat and the tear, God, I, I bless you and I praise you, God, tonight that, Lord, as you do it, we'll trust in your hand. We'll trust in, God, what you want to accomplish and that, Lord, your will would be done. So, Father, I bless you for just uh, on fire people. I thank you, God, for people that will be hungry after you. God, I thank you for people that will hunger and thirst for righteousness sake for right standing in you and God we bless you and we honor you for it God as as we press on as we push forward God I I thank you for positive things and great outcomes and seeing miracle working power God and seeing people uh, saved and healed and delivered and set free God from all kinds of various things but God as we come to you tonight God I thank you for needs that are mentioned tonight God I thank you that Lord for those that need a healer tonight that Lord you'll you'll be a healer God I thank you Lord for uh, Brenton who had a heart attack that God for for our, our sister's uh, uh, sister-in-law, uh, that God, as she's in the hospital and they're monitoring the baby, oh God, I thank you that you're a you're a healer, God. You're you're a God that has and possesses miracle-working power. So, Father, I pray, God, that you, you can reverse, Lord, damage from a widow, make a heart attack, God. You, we've seen you do it, God. I'm an example, God, of of being here and walking and standing, God, bouncing back from a heart attack, God, not with no no no, no scars, no imagery, God, no no no, no even sign that one ever existed so father i praise you and i thank you that lord you'll be in his midst god that you will strengthen his body that you will heal it in the name of jesus and god i just pray for wisdom and 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 and, and increased knowledge god for his caregivers and caretakers and doctors in the name of jesus and lord we cover the life of this mother and this baby god today god i thank you that lord you you, you will touch uh, and and minister and that lord you will heal and strengthen her body god i thank you that there would just be no damage no hindrance god to 
this child. But, Lord, you would protect the life of this baby in the name of Jesus. So cover them even now. God, I thank you that there would just be angels of protection and ministering angels that would go before them and be with them even now. God, we pray and we bless you and we honor you for it. God, even as, Lord, doctors change meds and, and, and physician assistants, God, do their thing. God, I, I thank you that, Lord, that David will, will suffer no, no consequence. God, I, I just pray that, Lord, you would do a healing, God, as they make changes, Lord, that you would make changes. God, as they adjust things, that, Lord, you would make adjustments and, and just touch and minister and heal his body in the mighty name of Jesus, I pray that, Lord, you can remove all pain. So, Father, we curse it at the very root. God, we speak healing to him. God, we speak healing to, to nerves and, and joints and, and muscles, God, and tendons and things that are disrupted and inflamed. And, God, I thank you that you would be the, the, the mighty healer that you are, as even as your word declares that you, you desire above all that we be we, we, we prosper and be in good health. So, Father, we speak health and healing to him in the name of Jesus. We thank you that it's because of you, not us, but because of you and your, the stripes of Jesus that we were healed. And, God, we give you thanks and praise for it. Now, Father, I just thank you that, Lord, you would open our minds and our hearts and our, uh, our spirits, God, tonight to hear your word, to study your word, to receive it, God, to understand it. God, I pray in the mighty name of Jesus. Help us, Lord, in this place, God. I pray that you would release your anointing tonight, God, to help me, strengthen me. Lord, allow me to teach something with clarity, God, but with clarity, God, and, and, and not confusion. Lord, you're not the author of it. So, Father, just release your anointing tonight. Help us, Lord. I pray that against all distractions and things that would hinder us, God, from hearing, receiving, and, Lord, allowing your word to do what it was sent to accomplish in the mighty name of Jesus. So we bless you tonight, God. We we, we thank you, God. We, we just glorify you for what you'll do, how you'll help us, God, how you'll minister, God. Throughout this room tonight, God, I pray that you would just touch and breathe upon your people tonight, God, for, for other needs that are in this room tonight, God, for uh, just, just people that need your help, your, your courage, strength, empowerment, God. I pray that, Lord, you would, you would just grant it in the mighty name of Jesus. Allow these moments in your presence tonight, God, to, to let us to receive something that, Lord, we, we stand in need of, God, to receive strength and that empowerment by your Holy Spirit that, God, only you can give. And we bless you, and, God, we honor you. I thank you that, Lord, you'll be with them this week, God, as we go before the week and as each day passes, that, that Lord, your, your wisdom, your knowledge, Lord, your, your comfort, Lord, would be with us in day-to-day -day life, and that, God, you receive the glory and the honor, Lord, for it. In the mighty name of Jesus Christ, we love you. We thank you. Amen. Amen. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Amen. Amen. Yes, Lord. Grant us revelation of who he is. A greater understanding. Hallelujah. Well. Praise his name. We've been teaching on the kingdom. I've got so much stuff with me tonight as I wasn't certain entirely how we may navigate and it may change on a dime. I have three different study guides that I prepared because some of y'all asked for that. So that's why I don't know 
I haven't given them out to you because we were dealing with the addition of the kingdom, and I, I and I want to continue it, but I we may take a little a little curve into more because when we talk about addition, uh, we, we, that deals with finances a little bit, and I and I really want to help you. How many knows we all can use some help with finances sometimes, <laughs> and God's way. See, our problem is is. Our culture makes it too easy to get ourselves in a mess. And then once we're in a mess, it's not real easy to get yourself out of it. I mean, so we have to go to the Word of God to find help. A few weeks ago, uh, I'm going to start with it. I wasn't planning to, but a few weeks ago, I told you that God has started giving me a strategy to help people get into financial overflow. I said that on a Sunday morning. Some of you might remember it. And I had a dream. And I, and I rarely dream spiritually, things like that. It's, it's just not something like There are some people, they just they flow in dreams. Pastor Johnny is one of those. He can interpret them, and he's all wise and smart like that. I, I'm, not, I'm not one of those. And I'm not even one that dreams prophetically. But God started giving me dreams about money. Then somebody called me today and told me that they had a dream that I owned an airline. I was like, what? <laughs> like, I wish. Hallelujah. So, yeah, that would be my, my, my the jet, I believe, God for, um, that helicopter. But what God started really showing me was what, what I'm telling you is that he started simplifying it. Because so many times, and where we're going to go tonight, I, I think this is what we're going to do. Hallelujah. Yep. I, want, I think we're going to do this as we're dealing with addition. I'm going to give you some kingdom solutions to finances. Because so many times we think about, let's say we have a need, and let's say to get you, to relieve you of the stress right now, you need $2,500. Or it's some big amount. I want to show you that that sometimes it's easier to... to, I I just want to give you the truth of the word to help you. Because it works. I'm an example that it works. God's word works. But he started showing me in these dreams that I was having about money. He started showing me, listen to this. This is is crazy. Number one, we know if, if we just were able to save a dollar a day, and probably a lot of us waste a dollar a day on something or close to it, that, that's $365 right there a year. Now, some of us could do, what, what if you saved $10 a week? Just 10 bucks. Now, I know people, they, they, they go to Starbucks once a day. They could save a lot more than 10 bucks because Starbucks is like 7 bucks a pop. And it's nasty anyway. It's just like, that is not good coffee. I don't know. But if you save $10 just a week, if you could find where you wasted it, $10, that's $520 a year. I'm cheering this out of conviction. But what if you, maybe somebody's able to save $20 a week. Now for some of you, they're like, now don't push it, preacher. 20 bucks a week, that's $1,040 a year. 
come Christmas time, come some major time, come some sudden expense in your life, that'd be nice to have. Maybe you you're, have the means to do 40 bucks a week. It's 2080. I mean, look how quick that adds up. 58 bucks a week is 3,016. 80 bucks a week is 4,160. Think about that. Now, 80 bucks a week to some of us, we're like, hmm. Right? On and on, I just kept going. But then there, there are some people, I, I asked somebody the other day, I said, could you think you could save and find $193 in waste? A week. And they, somebody in our church, and they said, yeah. I said, really? They said, yeah, my wife likes to go to high gear coffee. I waste more than that on, you know, whatever. I think they said they make three, four trips to the gas station, like, in a day. Getting, like, silly stuff. He said, if I add that up, he said, easily every day I spend 40 to $50 at the convenience store. I was like, woo. So I said, look at this. If you could just squeak out 193 bucks of that a week, clearly they're spending more than that. I said, if you could just stop spending that and just save $193 a week, do you know at the end of the year you're going to have $10,036? My, hallelujah. Now, for some of us, that's, that's like, that's pushing it. Maybe you're able to save a little bit on the monthly, but I started breaking this down. That even for some of us, if we had to save just monthly a small amount of like $25, $50, one or two months to put back 150 bucks, do you know at the end of the year you could have $1,050? Just with small chunks like that. And so I'm sharing that with you to introduce to you tonight the thought about kingdom addition, but really God's, his, his kingdom solution to financial issues and why sometimes we struggle in this way. Because there's nothing worse than financial problems. There's nothing. When, you, when you're done without money or you have debt or whatever, it's, it's, it's rough. It'll interrupt your sleep. It'll make you worry, right? All, all kinds of things. And so uh, nothing worse. And so I, wanna, I, I want us to get into this tonight. We're going to look at several scriptures, but I want us to get into this tonight. Uh, because I believe when, when we start talking about kingdom solutions to finances, Notice I said kingdom solutions. These aren't my solutions. I'm going to show you the word of God and what I believe the word says to us about finances and the lack thereof. And so with that, did you all got your things I passed around to you? Okay. Uh, not, it, it, they're not exhaustive. Not everything's on there that I'll cover, but uh, some of the big points are. And anyway, one of the most important keys to finances is management. This is according to scripture. I'll show you shortly. One of the most important principles to, to, to kingdom life that we've been talking about, understanding our kingdom citizenship, all of these things, is being a good manager. All right. A lot of times we, we don't have the financial freedom we need because we lack management. Right. Same thing is true. Sometimes you, you, you can go into a store, you can go into a, 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 a place of business, and if there's bad management, you know it. The way the employees act, right? All of those things. This isn't the only reason, but I, I want you and I to understand sometimes we just need to learn to have be, be better managers of what we do have. All right? I, I've often said this to pastors that we've put through our Bible college. I, I said, I'm not going to just teach you about theology, but I'm going to teach you about management. 
Because when you pastor, you can't just look at the, the biblical side of and uh, the, the theological side of the Bible. You're also in, there's a business side to ministry. You've got to know how to finagle and do things. There, there is a means to it, right? And so uh, I've often said the pastors should, uh, should, should uh, not just focus on theology, but business management. And so, so a kingdom that we've talked about, a kingdom as a government, and a kingdom is also like an administration. It's it, it, it meaning it's managing resources. All right, you and I, because we're a part of the kingdom, we, we have to make sure that we can manage the resources we have. I've kind of put it this way: we can't expect God to bless us with more unless we can manage what we have now. Uh, I know I know people and pastors, and I, 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 there was years and years ago I was praying to God for a new car, and I was just believing God. And or, I mean, just as soon as I was driving down the road and God said to me, well, when you take care of the one you have. I was like, and that's when God started teaching me about managing with what I have, taking care, being a good manager of what I have. And so and so the key to whether it's good government or, or any of those things, effective management, uh, the, key, the key to good government is effective management. All right. It, it's distributing resources well. So. Um, uh, we're going to look at Mark chapter 7, verse 20, is where I think we're going to begin. Mark chapter 7, verse 20. How many have ever known somebody greedy? Sometimes we can be greedy, even in church, right? But but what greed really is defined as, as greed is defined, I, I may have put it on your sheet for you, is the mismanagement of resources for personal benefit mismanagement of resources for personal benefit. And so a, a, a greedy spirit manipulates resources so that that person uh, can benefit only. In Matthew or Mark chapter 7, verse 20, look at what the Bible says. It says, he went on. What comes out of a person is what defiles them. For it is from within, out of a person's heart, that evil thoughts come. Sexual immorality, theft, murder, adultery, greed, malice, deceit, lewdness, envy, slander, arrogance, and folly. And these evils come from inside and defile a person. Notice that all of these, all of these evils, it says, comes from inside or in the mind of a man and defiles a person. Now, if you can jump back, or you maybe maybe I printed it out for you, Genesis chapter two. I don't know how much of my notes I gave you. Okay, because I did it in a hurry. Genesis chapter two, verse four. It says, "This is the account of the heavens and the earth that were created when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth." And no plant had yet sprung up for the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth and there was no one to work the ground. Now that might sound strange, but I want, I want to start pointing something out to you. Listen to what it said. It, it, it said, it, it began by saying, this is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Look at verse 5 carefully. Now no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant had yet sprung up. 
For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. In other words, God didn't allow anything to grow on the earth. He had not yet sent rain. That God, in the midst of creation, God was, was creating things, but he withheld growth. All right, withheld growth. In other words, God was holding back progress and stopping the development because there was not yet man on the earth to manage it. I'm going to show you more, all right? Are you still with me? See, God's motivation in creation, it, it, was, it was man, all right? Uh, a man who would who would be able to work when I, when I say man I mean you know male female all right but because it refers to it as man but but there, there was no one yet to work the ground but his motivation in creation it, it was man now e even when, when when we read there in verse five of Genesis when it says and there was no one to work the ground no one to work the ground in the original text that Ergon is, is the actual name, is, is actually the word, and it means management. In other words, he says there was not yet man to manage the ground. All right, that's where we get our word work in the English language from that word, Ergon. There was no one to manage it. So God says, I, I've created these things. I've not sent rain yet. I've not allowed them to grow because I don't yet have man in place to manage what I've, what I've created. That's pretty awesome. Now, believe it or not, this has to do with money, so hang on. <laughs> I know that's what we're going to talk about. So, 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 so he didn't allow anything to grow because he didn't yet have a manager. See, God doesn't make rich people or poor people. He makes people. And what he then requires is you and I to be a people. What, uh, an area where I believe we failed in the church is we don't pe teach people how to manage. The difference in the kingdom of God is that God does, his intent is not for there to be rich and poor. His intent is that you and I be managers. And I believe the church fails to teach people a lot of things that we should have in this life. And so he wants you and I to be good managers of what we have, all right? His intent is God don't want you to be broke. God don't want you to, he also isn't calling you to be a millionaire. There are people that, that I was, a, I don't want to say growing up, but later in life in church, I, there were people in my circle of, of church that would, uh, they'd be broken. The pastors were teaching us that you call the money to you. Money cometh to me now. That's nuts. And you're still broke. I'm telling you, they're, they're still broke. And so it was a breakdown of theology that I, they were teaching. And I was just like, and I was a part of it. And then, I, then God gives the revelation and say, look, that's not how you get money. That's not how you get out of your mess. I, I can call all day. I still know uh, somebody who believes that and preaches it, and they're still broke. Money cometh to me now, get over here. They, they, would, they would say that. They'd have us in church say, money come to me now, get over here. Pastor Donnie can tell you the same thing. We were, he, he and I, we heard it all the time. That's not how God works, all right? That, that's, not, that's not kingdom uh, methods there, all right? Listen, God, God doesn't allow things to prosper, God, or God doesn't allow anything to grow or prosper if God is lacking a manager. 
See, there are areas in our life where we, we want things to grow and prosper, but this is an area where you and I need to ask ourselves, am I a good manager of it? Before you go praying for money, manage what you have. All right? I, I went through this with Lois. When we see a, a decrease in income, I'll put the pressure on them. It's like, stop spending money. Right? I told her, so we're not even going to buy a paper clip unless I know about it. Right? <laughs> I mean, there's a lock on the supply cabinet over at the office because if it gets bad enough, I'm locking that thing. You know what I mean? Like, there's no pins, no tape, no nothing. Right? I, I, I'm laughing, but truly, we got to be a good manager of what we have. Right? A lot of wasting. Uh, um, uh, somebody came to me once in, um, here at the church, and they said, you know, Pastor, we are just... We've made more money than we've ever made, but we are hemorrhaging. I, we just can't make ends meet. Can you help us? Said, yeah. So I said, here's what I want you to do. I said, get me, save every receipt for the next 30 days, every receipt. If you go to the gas station, if you run over to buyer's market, I don't care. Wherever you go, whatever it is, save every receipt. Bring it to me. Well, I didn't know what I was getting myself into. They walked in my office, and she had this big bag with her. And they, the husband and wife sat down, and I said, well, did you bring your receipt? She said, yeah, here, and dumps this. I mean, it was a huge pile. So right away, I was like, I know the problem. So I, I kept it all. I said, give me a couple days, because I knew it was going to take some time with everything else. And I went through, and I started finding all these just little receipts for you know, Marathon Gas Station, Sunoco, Sheets, coffee here, coffee there. A trip to the store almost every day. Before you know it, there were hundreds and hundreds of dollars in waste. I said, here, I said, you made, according to what you're telling me, like $129,000. 12 months. And you can't pay your electric bill, your gas bill, your, your car's about to get repossessed. You don't have a house payment. Here's the problem. It's management. It's spending money that you don't even have, right? It's spending money frivolously before you take care of obligations, right? It's not managing it right. So I started showing them. I said, look at all the stuff that you can cut, and I added it up, and it was an extraordinary amount. I don't even remember what it was offhand. But I had to take them back to the principle of just being a manager of what we, uh, of what we have. God won't allow things to grow or prosper if we can't manage what it is. I started teaching that in, in, in all kinds of life. Before you believe God for a new house, take care of the one you have. I mean, it might not look any different once you clean it, but clean it. Right? I, I had holes in the floor of my, my Ford Escort. And I mean, you know, you could see the road when you're driving. If you look down, you'd get dizzy. And I had to pray, and, and I, but I had to clean it, care for it as if it was a brand new Cadillac Seville, right? Because it's about management. And it, I'm telling you, it works. Because when you begin to manage what you do have, then in, in God's eyes, he's saying, because you can manage what you do have, I can trust you with more. I'm going to show you through Scripture how this works. But um, God, God didn't just create us to worship. You, we need to remember back when we go back to Genesis, you and I were created. God created Adam to have dominion. To have dominion means I'm, I'm here to manage. I'm here to influence. I know people get upset when come election time. Our, I am very vocal. I am involved politically, locally. I rub shoulders with, with both sides of the aisle because I'm to be a manager. 
I'm to influence. And if I can influence one side or both sides or what happens in our city and what happens in our county, I will. Because I'm here to have dominion. All right? I, we're, we're here to, to rule and to reign and to, 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 to uh, as the word says, have dominion. That means managers. And so we have to be able to manage what we have. All right? Sometimes we're just struggling because uh, we're a bad manager. Some of us just are. You know, we're just a bad manager. That's why people say, well, my, my husband takes care of the money or my wife takes care of the money and whatever. Maybe they're the wrong person to take care of the money. I'm telling you, there are some people that just, we're just not anointed to be a manager, all right? And that's okay. But we, if, if, if there's someone that can do it better than us, let them do it, all right? But, but notice what it said there in Genesis, that God don't allow anything to grow until he can find a manager. He didn't allow even vegetation on the earth to grow until man was present to care for it. So then how can he let things in you and I's life grow if we can't manage it well? Oh, hallelujah. He's going to help you and I tonight. Not just your marriage. Sometimes people pray, Lord, my marriage needs to change. Why well, are you managing it? Right? You've you got to care for it. Huh? We've got to care for it like our children, like our home, like our car, like our, our, our finances. And so... So, see, he, he didn't allow growth because there was no manager. All right. I'm just trying to lay this foundation for you and I. Um, so his primary assignment for, for, for man, he wanted you and I to dominate the earth. But he does it through you and I managing our resources. All right. Now, I don't work for the government, but I work for his government. The kingdom. All right? That's how you and I have to believe. You, yes, you work for the government. The kingdom of God. I'm a government employee. Right? All right. So he, God, God's plan was man to dominate the earth through work. Through work. The, the creator was held up because he had no... When to manage it, no one to work. So you might see on your hand, I gave you four quick points that we'll break down tonight or hopefully get through. Number one, God protects his resources from bad management. That's why, remember we started learning last week how, how it's about, uh, did I give you that example that I can give you a million dollars or I can just add you to my account? That's why not everybody's a millionaire, because a lot of us are bad managers, right? I mean, you know, if we got a million bucks right now, a lot of us would blow it. I'd be buying a new whatever, you know. People would roll in in new cars. I mean, our car, if, if everybody in our church got millions of dollars, everybody would roll in in new cars, and we'd, we'd blow it on all the stuff that we probably shouldn't. And so the number one thing you need to know tonight is God protects his resources from bad management. He wants us to learn about that. Number two, God withholds resources from bad management. Woo! Uh-oh. That's good. God allows, God won't allow growth where there is bad management. And number four, God, nev God will never answer a prayer who is a bad manager. Woo! Lord. So maybe our prayer needs to be, God, help me to be a better manager. Mm-hmm. Because 
That right there is a reason why sometimes we're not seeing a, a miracle, a breakthrough. I'm not kidding you. I went through periods in my life where I had to go to the store and be like, Lord, help me to shop better. God, help me to stretch 20 bucks. Now, now you don't get much for 20 bucks, but I'm not kidding you. I would go to the store and pray, God, give me wisdom. God, help me to know you know, how to, how to organize a meal so that, you know, it don't cost so much, right? Help me to do these things so I can be a better manager. So the, the, the principal key of the kingdom on the earth is management. All right, when it comes to finances, when I'm telling you about God's kingdom solutions to finances, that first key principle that you need to understand is management. We have to be a better manager of what we have. I don't care how little or how much we make, we got to be a better manager, because you'll have more if you manage what you have. All right. I, there are things I cut out in my life that just are. You know, we were talking today at lunch in the staff uh, in the staff lunchroom over there about you know price of phones and things like that, and they keep harassing me, want me. I ain't paying. What you crazy people want for me to get a new phone? It ain't happening. Because I'm I'm going through a season right now where God is just showing me things that are not necessary. It's not essential. Right. Uh, I don't need to have every streaming platform just to watch TV. Right. I have some of them just so my kids can use them in, in Texas. Right. So they, they use my accounts to stream. So I pay for them for that. Daddy don't use them, but they enjoy them. So but but there are other areas where I cut out. Right. I go to the store like once a week. Plan for the week. Boy, how's it, how that has saved me money. Right. I don't go down the chip aisle. Because I'll eat a whole bag of chips. Like, I leave here tonight, I go home, it's gone. And then come tomorrow night, I'm like, oh, I'd really like to have a Dorito. So I'll run over to Dollar General and pay $6 for the same bag I would have got up at Walmart. That ain't good management. I plan. A good manager plans. A good manager plans. Hallelujah. So, are you still with me? So management demands work and religion. Uh, excuse me. Management demands work and religion. Makes you lazy. This is why so many times as Christians, uh, we, we often love miracles over management. I believe in miracles. I love seeing miracles. I talked about them Sunday. I've seen crazy stuff happen, right, as we've prayed for people. And I know that God is still able but so many times in our churches, we fall into an epidemic where we're just going to believe God's going to let money fall out of the sky. And if we ain't a good manager, you can stand there till you take your last breath and it ain't coming. You and I've got to learn to be managers. We've been talking over these last few weeks about he wants us to, he says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Being in right standing. Part of being in right standing is obeying him and what he's trying to tell us to do and what where he's directing us in our life all right so so i've lord help me i don't want to miracles are great and i believe it and god will bring them forth and it happens but we we get caught up in an epidemic of miracles because miracles cause you not to gain without any effort so then the church just wants miracles. We just want a financial miracle. We just, not, we just always want a physical miracle. We'll abuse our body and then say, God, heal it. <laughs> right? I mean, I've watched people they're, they're like doing crazy stuff and then say, you know, pray. No, quit being foolish. Right? 
you got to be a manager of what you have, right? In the same way, if I decide I'm going to be a habitual gambler, me trying to be a habitual gambler is an attempt to, to gain without working, right? Now, some people go and do their fun thing and whatever. I, I'm not talking about that. I, I'm just talking to you straight up that sometimes we're always looking for an easy way, quick way out, right? But the Bible says, the, the Scripture says, money runs from the one who pursues it. <laughs> In other words, money runs from the people who are chasing it. I don't know about you, but there have been times in my life I'm just chasing. <laughs> Whether it's 50 bucks, 20 bucks, a thousand, five thousand, whatever. It's just like I felt like I was always chasing it. Watch this. It says it, but it says that money runs from us if we're chasing it. So then, what's the answer? Money is attracted to management. Money's saying, uh, uh, "Remember what we said last week? That that when he says, seek first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added.'" I started breaking down that definition of adding, meaning it'll come. You're not even expecting it. Why? Because you're a good manager. That makes sense. Because I'm a good manager. God, God will release it. Seek first the kingdom of God. Part of seeking the kingdom is I'm going to be a manager of what I have. Manager of what I have. <clears throat> you might remember in, I think, Matthew 12. Um, I can't read my own writing. But in Matthew 12, um, the, uh, people came to Jesus and said, Lord, show us a miracle. We want to see miracles. And... And, and his answer was this. This is how he replies in Matthew 12. He says, only a wicked and adulterous generation seek for miracles. Listen, he, he told them, they said, Lord, show us a miracle. We want to see. And imagine. And Jesus says, only a wicked and adulterous generation seek for miracles. In other words, he, he's saying, don't, don't. Don't allow yourself to get in the habit of seeking after a, a, a miracle rather than, than managing, right? Rather than managing what you have. Uh, understanding that, you know, I, I could, I could uh, allow gold coins to fall out of fish's, a fish mouth, right? But don't, don't get caught up in seeking the miracle only because then that requires no effort on our part, all right? That, that, that was the point there. Now, uh, hopefully I gave you the definition I have for management on your paper, but uh, management is, is the effective, efficient, correct, and timely use of another person's property and resources for the purpose for which they were delegated with a view of producing the expected added value back to the person. In other words, let me simplify it, management automatically implies you don't own the material. Right. Scripture says, uh, the Word of God says that, moreover, it's required that a steward be found faithful. He's talking about finances there. A steward means a manager. In other words, he's saying everything that we have already, we don't, we don't own it. I'm just managing. All right? Everything on the earth. That's why when, when in the beginning when, when he created man to have dominion, he created you and I said that we would manage the earth, to have influence in the earth. That's why when people say, oh, preachers shouldn't get involved in that. Yes, I'm, we're to have dominion. I, I'm supposed to go to the school and call them out when they're teaching stuff that's crazy to kids. 
I'm to have dominion, right? Take and walk in authority, right? Same thing is true. I should have dominion financially. We should have dominion over our homes, right? In our communities, all of that stuff. There, there were some kids out front of my house, and they, were, they had gathered in the house across the street. They were going to fight this little girl. Oh, I went for them. I mean, right up out of there. And, and the, the mom finally came out of the house and put them on the run. Well, then they come running through my yard. I went out there and took dominion. I'm like, y'all better get up out of here. Are you hearing what I'm saying? This little skinny mini girl about this big around stood there like face to face and was like 12 years old. I took my rightful authority dominion. Are you hearing what I'm saying? To cause influence, right? Now, that's, that's a silly way of looking at it. But in every aspect of our life, we have to be able to operate in our rightful dominion, that we're here to bring influence in the same way that we have to bring God's influence into our finances, or into our, our money. That I can't come in here and worship God and talk about how great he is, how marvelous he is, and, and, and believe that he can be a healer, but then also not believe that he can impact my finances. Or I can't just be a manager in my home, but then not manage my money. God is looking for you and I to manage. The only way I can be in proper dominion here on the earth is if I'm a good manager. I have to manage my marriage. I have to manage our finances. I have to manage my health. I'm, I'm learning that too, right? Managing it better. Part of the reason I was having issues is because of the way I was taking care of my body. So God's saying, Adam, you, gotta be a, you can't just manage your money. You've got to manage your health. Go to bed. Get some sleep, right? Eat right. Drink some more water because I love my pop and my, my Pepsi and my coffee. He's like, no, you got to hydrate. Hallelujah. All of those things. I mean, I live on those things, but God's saying, hey, you're getting older. You got to manage what you got, right? And all in every way of life, he's looking for you and I to be a manager. So, so he, management automatically implies that you and I don't own the property. It also implies that when you, when you bring it, back it should be better uh it should be better or have more value now remember i said god won't let anything anything to grow because he he didn't have anyone to add value to what he he, he was about to create that's important for you and i to gra grasp he, he god didn't let anything grow because he didn't have anyone to add value to what he was about to create Hallelujah. Do you, do you realize that as a manager, you add value? You add value. You and I add value. You add value to every aspect of life. You add, you add value to the people around you. You add value in every capacity. God, God, God held up growth, God held up things from flourishing in the earth because God wanted everything to be used for the effective, efficient, correct, and timely use for what he gave it for us for. So that's why I believe sometimes God gets upset with us when we're lazy. Because he said that he, he, he implied right in Genesis that he was looking for a manager. He's looking for someone to take care of things. God don't want you and I to be lazy. So part of being a manager means you, you have to take action, right? I'm going to make a, I think it may also be on your handout. God won't give you what you pray for, but only what you can manage. Lord, God won't give you what you pray for, but only what you can manage. Now, we, we probably heard teach. I'm not going to teach on uh, Todd tonight, but I'll touch on this just to help us understand it. 
you, you and I can pray for, let me say, uh, let's say tonight, you pray for a thousand dollars, but you only get a hundred. Now, let's say God blesses you with a hundred dollars, someone shakes your hand or whatever, it comes in the mail. You get a hundred dollars. I've, I've watched this happen where people are praying for a thousand, they get a hundred, but then they won't tithe off of their hundred. And yet you're believing God for a thousand. He won't give you what you pray for. He'll give you what you can manage. I've watched this happen in my life. People will pray for a bigger house. Everybody wants a bigger house. Listen, people will pray for a big house, and but yet the, I don't care how big the house is, if we don't care for it, God can't bless you with newer, bigger, better. Right? I rebuked somebody once. They were believing God for something more, and what they had was, was fine. It was nice. It was just filthy. <laughs> I said, you gotta, you got to care for what you got. How dare you believe in God for a brand-new car? I mean, I can't even see your floor. Right? Right. right. I mean, those are things that God spoke to me through the years that I had to learn to do. So, so because what we have to remember, I'm not managing my property. I'm managing God's. Remember, I'm a manager. My, my car is me managing what he gave me. My house is me managing what God has given me. Right. All things. I, I'm, I'm just a manager. I'm not, I'm not the owner. Boy, that, that should help you. And I, when I borrow something from someone, it's rare that I ever borrow. But if I've had to borrow a tool or whatever. I clean it and send it back better than I got it. We had to rent a machine back when that pine tree fell down at my house. And we had to rent this machine to tear. And I mean, that pine tree was huge and big. And the only way we could move it around was with a big, heavy machine. So we rented the machine from the place up the street. They brought it down, delivered it. When I was done with that machine, I pressure washed the machine because they were going to charge me a fee if it wasn't clean. So I pressure washed it, got up under there with a grease gun, greased every fitting that was on there did all those things and when i got it back they called back down to the office and said we have never got a machine back so clean and somebody greased it too because i'm just managing what god allowed me to do uh, when someone gives me something i'm going to send it back to them better shape than when i got it if you borrow my scrubber send it back clean don't send it back dirty right right or whatever it may be uh, whatever, there, there's somebody, they, they used to notoriously borrow things, and every time I gave it to them, they broke it. I quit letting them borrow anything. Circular saws, whatever, saws, every time I get, they broke it. So I quit letting them borrow because they weren't managing what I gave them well. You weren't respecting, if you're going to treat mine like that, no wonder you don't have any, right? So we got to realize we're managing somebody else's property. It's God's. That's how I look at this place. Sometimes people get fanatical about things, but I've always had a belief on a church of excellence. In fact, our church published a manual that's called Building a Church of Excellence. And so it's all about like being excellent. If we're cleaning the church, being excellent. If we're on the worship team, being excellent. And, and all the different areas of church. And it's not that I'm trying to be like controlling or anything. It's about if you care for what God has given you and you manage it well, then you put yourself in a position where he can bless you for more. Right? The reason I believe God continually blesses our church with things and vehicles and buildings and whatnot is because we manage what we have. We'll care for what we have, right? We, we managed good old hard pews before we ever got these chairs. We managed mismatched chairs. I mean, orange and hard pews. and uh, I mean, We had a variety of things. 
and then God will bless you with more because you mean it. it didn't, I didn't care how old those pews were. We'd wax them, right? We'd dust them down. It didn't matter. We had orange chairs in one row and black chairs in the next row. They wiped them down and vacuumed them just like they were brand new. And by doing that, then you get blessed, and God will give you a brand new sanctuary seating. And so much more. They got so many in storage upstairs, we can triple our capacity, right? Because you manage, you, you, you manage well what God has given you. God taught me that about excess and things I don't use, just purging and getting rid of and getting rid of things in my house. I'm going to manage what I have. That way I know what I have. All right. That's that's really important. So so we can't pray for a bigger church or a better church or pray for whatever if we're not managing what we have. Um, watch this. Churches sometimes pray for souls. That's something we can be guilty of. We'll say, Lord, give us souls. But the people we have, we can't manage. God, God gave me that word one day. He said, he said, I can't give them more souls because I'm protecting those souls from them. In other words, they're, they're not caring for the people they have. Listen, you, we were talking Sunday about we want to see the power of God and all that. We've got to also care for the souls that we have within our reach right now. As we care for one another, God will send more. All right? That's why sometimes we, you can pray for a million dollars, but you, you may not see it. Because God says that million dollars will kill you. God wants you to be able to manage it. Listen to me. He wants you and I to have the wisdom to be able to handle what it's coming, what, what's going to walk into our life. I, I pray for that. Years, my, my, my grandpa passed away, and I was supposed to get an inheritance, and now they've nickeled and dimed it to where it's like nothing. And, and that's great. But before it ever happened, when he got sick and we all found out, oh, you, you're going to hear my, I, I prayed immediately. I said, Lord, I thank you that I have wisdom from the heavens. Whether it was $5, 500 or $5 million, I was, Lord, I need wisdom. How to best let this money work for my good. Right? Wisdom. Lord, Lord, give us wisdom so it don't kill us. Right? I, I don't want to go spend, um, you know, 200 bucks on a shirt, 140 bucks to get my hair cut, Right? But sometimes people will do that, and then I and then I'll be like, oh God, you know, here I can I can spend, you know, uh, somebody bought me a, a suit once. It was ridiculous. I didn't buy it, and I would never have spent that amount of money. And I won't even say how much it cost because I'm ashamed. I don't even have the suit anymore. That's how long ago it was. But they bought me a suit. They were like, you know, I had just got credentialed as a pastor, and so I was young and whatever. They're like, we want to buy you a suit, and so we ended up going to this fancy schmancy place in Pittsburgh, and. Uh, it was absurd, obscene, right? And they bought me a suit. It was great. And you can you you, know, you can do that if you want to spend money on something big. And Lois can go buy some fancy fruit hat or whatever and come walking in Sunday morning. And the hat costs 1200 $1, bucks. But then she turns around and puts 20 bucks in the offering plate. That's not managing, right? The hat's going to come and go, right? And in no time, it'll be depreciated and worth nothing, right? But look how many times we do that. Uh, a Verizon Wireless one's like $1,300 for a new phone like this. And then I go to trade it in, and they say it's not worth nothing. What do you mean it ain't worth nothing? I just spent $1,300 on a phone right, uh, 12 months ago, 24 months ago. And now you don't want to give me anything for it but like 80 bucks? Are you crazy? So I just refuse to be a part of that cycle. right? I, I, I'm not going to let you tell me what... what does and doesn't have value, I'm going to decide, right? I'm going to be a manager of what God has given us, right? 
So, um, manage, manage, manage. Um, let me think here. I think I want to skip through some stuff. Um, God. Answered prayer, let's say this, answer prayer is regulated by your capacity to manage. Oh, answered prayer is regulated by your capacity to manage. In other words, he regulates his answer by what you and I can manage. Oh, Lord. I had a little, through life I've been through many different stages in life when I was young. I, 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 I moved out of my mom and dad's house when I was 18. Bought my first house. I was like the youngest person to ever walk into National City Bank and get a mortgage. I was like literally fresh out of school. But I had saved money. And I worked hard. I drove a little tiny Ford and it smoked. It had bad head gaskets and it would just roll to smoke. And every time I put a new set of head gaskets in it, I'd have to put another set because I'd run the Summer Mountain dating my future wife at that time. I mean, just a couple times a day. So every time I turned around, I was putting new head gaskets in this car because it was going up and down the summit. Plus, it was old and had 180,000 miles on it. Point being, I did that, bought my first house. What was interesting is, Long story, it was small, it was, wasn't anything significant, but I bought it, it I, we owned it, whatever, got married, we outgrew it. I was believing God for more. God blessed us and allowed me to move from that little tiny single wide, and then I moved into a uh, nice house with a couple of acres in near Smithfield area. Then I lived there for a couple of years, had, we had a pool, blah, 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 then God moved me into Uniontown. Now, mind you, I'm not wealthy person by any means just worked you know managed moved into Uniontown. god upgraded that we i lived in a neighborhood where every neighbor i had was a doctor everyone across the street over here and then a, there was a policeman over here uh, but i lived next to dr um kim and dr Hare in town and it was just great loved it you know felt safe all those things kids had a nice time they went to the best school they ever went to right all of that Every time I did that, it was because I managed what I had. It wasn't because we had all this money. It wasn't because, um, contrary to people's belief, not a rich man. It's because I managed what we have. Every ministry I've ever connected or been a part of, we've watched how God blessed and increased. And God gave things. And our, this church is an example where other people say, how does your church own so much? And you own houses and you own this. It's because we manage what we have. I'm funny about that. When it comes to mowing the grass, it's about management, right? It's not about, you know, uh, every detail. Whether if something needs painted, it's about managing it, all right? And, and by, if you manage it well, you, you're, you're adding value to it. God says, I can trust you with more because you're caring for what I have. I, I, but then I went through nasty, nasty divorce, terrible time, lost just about everything I had in this life, and went through a period. I lived in a little apartment for many, many years, and I just kept saying, God, you're going to bless me with more. There were issues all over the place. Let's say the landlord wouldn't take care of things. And I was fixing faucets and fixing roof leaks. And I mean, I was doing it all because he didn't do anything. And I just said, God, I just thank you. I'm believing you for more. 
God, I thank you, Lord. I, I'm fixing this leaky faucet. I'm fixing this toilet. And this, you know, I was doing everything that ever needed done. Furnace went out, and then it would only run on emergency heat because it was like a heat pump. It's the only heat I had in there. You probably remember this. I mean, the lights came on the thermostat. It didn't matter how cold it was. It would be freezing in there because it would only run off that emergency heat. And I'm like, Lord, I'm just believing you. I'm managing what you got, Lord. Come on. And then God bless us. Right? And now I live in a house that's well bigger than what I need, right? And, and, but yet I've occupied every room, right? A bedroom's my closet. <laughs> I made it like a walk-in closet because I could. I didn't need it. I have space for my kids if they want to come over and stay, right? All of those things. My point is that God upgraded because I managed well something that wasn't even mine. Right? I managed well. I was willing to climb on the roof of that apartment building and fix it for me and my neighbors. I was willing to replace a faucet if I, I, I needed to. I didn't complain, didn't whine. I just managed them. God, you gave me this. I thank you for the blessing, right? God will do that. God will bless in our life if we manage what we have. Hallelujah. But remember what I said. Answer prayer is regulated by your capacity to manage. Whew. Some of us need to just include that in our prayer, that instead of praying, God, Lord, I need X number of dollars. God, I, I need a my wife to change. Lord, help me to manage my relationship with them. That helped me, I want to tell you, years ago. With people I had, uh, I'll repeat it in a second. Uh, uh, it helped me when it comes to dealing with people who get on my nerves. Uh, a contrary, you know, uh, a spouse that's just difficult. Anybody else know difficult people? Lord, I mean, Lord, help me to manage this relationship. Because I learned... I do a whole teaching for pastors on how to deal with difficult people. Difficult people come to church every week. We just have to know how to deal with them. Don't just kick them out and tell them you don't belong here. Like, yeah, they're loud and obnoxious. You've got to learn how to deal with them because, you know, there's all kinds of fruits and nuts. Right? And most of them are in church. Listen, God can't grow this ministry if I can't deal with some fruits and nuts. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Like, I'm saying that in a most loving way. I'm trying to be funny to get my point across. Don't pray for the church to grow if, if I'm going to be the kind of person that's, like, going to ignore the weird one. God's saying, Adam, if you can't deal with the weird people or the loud people or these people that are crazy over here, I can't sin more because I can't trust you with what I gave you. So, in other words, don't just pray for your marriage to change or for a person to change. Do this. Say, God, help me to manage my marriage. By manage means there's, Lord, help me to close my tongue when I want to light them up. Mm-hmm. God, help me not to say, by, by being a good manager, you know, that's true. I've been a manager in life and in, in work when I worked in the secular world. I was a manager at the bank. I was a manager at the supermarket. I was a manager at the call center. And by being a manager, I couldn't always say what because as a manager, you gotta, you got to, because if you don't want them to behave in that way, you can't behave that way. That is true about, even about our relationships now. In every aspect, God help me to be a better manager because I'll repeat it now. Answer prayer is regulated by your capacity to manage. He regulates his answer by what you and I can manage. Whew. My, my, my. So when it comes to, let's say, church finances, Lois can tell you, when I asked her years ago to 
come in and take over and work in the finances because we had been through like multiple treasures. It was just like a disaster. And finally, I'm like, God, like, you know, what are we going to do? You know, and at that time, the, the, we had been through so many treasures. I think I had been on the accounts. And I'm always on the accounts, but, you know, not in a capacity to spend, but just as an accountability. I'm like, God, we need some serious help. And then finally, I'm like, well, we're going to ask Lois. Like, you know, God, you, you've, everyone else has walked away. Like, here's Lois. But I brought her in, and it was, it was like our budget was like this big. Like teeny tiny. Wasn't much to it. Lots coming in, not much going out. Our bills at that building were small. Like, it, it was just, you know. But how God has just grown it exponentially over the years, right? And he's grown the responsibility of it. At that time, I think we had one account. Now we have multiple accounts. Now we have a whole system that tracks not just people's giving and their attendance and their, all that fun stuff that these staff members do and all of that. But it, 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 it's amazing how God has grown it. And the reason is, is right there. He regulates his answer based on what you can manage. You and I have to have the infrastructure. It, it, we hear people are praying, God, I need a financial miracle, but you don't even have the, the place to put it if he gave it to you. You can pray for a million dollars. Where are you going to put it? What are you going to do with it? How are you going to manage it? This is what I'm telling you I've found in my own life. I've, when I asked God, before I could even believe God for a new car, I had to manage the one I had. Then when I managed the one I had, God sent somebody to pay it off. Not this car. It was a car before, so relax. This car still, I owe just a little bit. <laughs> that was years ago. That, that's my point, though. It was because I had learned to manage what I had. Right? You managed to have, live in a little apartment. God blessed you with a big house. When our church learned to manage what it was to be in a little bar that stunk like cigarette smoke, God blessed with more in every capacity. When I learned to manage a, 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 a right relationship, God can increase it. But he regulates his answer based on what you and I can manage. I'm telling you, I, I keep rehearsing that because I think that's a point of revelation for you and I. If we could get that in our spirit, how God, he, he wants to bless you. He wants you and I to live in overflow. That's why the Bible says, moreover, he desires that you and I prosper and be in good health. Can I tell you the revelation I got years ago? What year was it I had the heart attack? Okay. 2012. I don't remember what year it is. They know the doctor's office, but I couldn't tell you. They life flooded me. God gave me revelation about taking care of what I had. I was easy. At that time, I was working like 9 to 9 at night in the church office, you know, recording TV shows, counseling. Like I would come out of recording five TV shows for the next week, go into counseling sessions and counsel like from 2 until 9 that night, get done at 9, still calling people. Like it was crazy. And I did it day after day after day. There were times I'd be in the office by 6 a.m., ended up having a heart attack, and I'm laying there like after being life flighted to Pittsburgh. And... You know, they're cutting my clothes off me and all this stuff and my family standing outside. And the next day, then after all the tests came back and they're like, you know, nothing that happened last night is showing today. You know, you're healed. And I got out of there. The Lord brought conviction. He said, Adam, you're having these issues because you're not managing what I gave you. You got to care for your body. 
We got to take care of you. You know, you are a resource. You're you in your body. That's why the Bible says, know ye not that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. In other words, God said, Adam, don't. When I went through another complication later, he said, don't ask me to heal you if you're not going to manage what I gave you. Wow. I was like a little insulted at first. But I'm like, how dare you say that to me? But this is what I'm saying. He said, Adam, don't ask me to heal this part of your body if you're not going to manage it well. Right? Does that make sense? So, in other words, I'm saying God watches our management to see if we, he, we can handle what we're asking for. If I'm asking God, Lord, I need $50,000, God's saying, but Adam, you can't manage five hundred. Are you hearing what I'm saying? Lois, if don't don't pray and ask God to send fifty thousand dollars to the church. If we as a church can't manage five hundred. That's all I've always been like a second. I like a financial accountability in a church. I like to be able to see where the money comes and then where it goes. Like there has to be not only does the government like that, but I want to. You know, I, I don't want them to come in here and cuff me and stuff me and me not know why I went to jail. Are you hearing what I'm saying? That's why every church should have good, good systems of tracking. Everything we do in this church gets tracked. Cynthia can tell you we do inventory. She has to count paper clips and pens and things. Why? Because you don't know what your value is if you don't know what you have. So because we know what we have and what we possess, how many tables, how many chairs, all of those things, God allows us to be in a position where he can bless because we're a good manager. So never pray beyond your management. That's the key. Don't ever pray beyond your ability to manage. But watch this. In other words, I'm struggling to get where I want to get tonight. If we really understood, oftentimes money is a thing that we struggle to get, but really money is easy to get. Not everyone's hearing what I'm saying. Money is kind of easy to get, but it often moves away from you and I quickly because we can't manage it. There are a lot of people this time of year, they're going to start getting tax returns. But we, if we're not careful, we get caught up in spending it unwisely. Somebody told me the other day they get like you know, $12,000, $13,000 back every year. I'm like, I need to have me some kids or something. Lord, hallelujah, right? Listen to me. They spent it before it ever came. For not being a good manager. I don't care whether it's a tax return or a raise at work or a miracle out of from the heavens. God needs you and I to be a good manager. All right. And money will keep moving away from us if we're if we're not a good manager. God does not encourage waste. He doesn't want us to waste stuff. So watch this. This is what I wanted to say about tithing. This is why God doesn't want you and I to waste things. We don't, we don't manage. We often waste things. God created tithing, but tithing is not about giving money to God. And it's not about giving money to you know church or, or the preacher, none of that stuff. Because this is what I want you and I to understand about tithing. God doesn't need anything from you and I. Right, it already belongs to him. I alluded to that earlier. When when God sets something up, it's not because he needs it. it. It's not because he needs it. 
tithe, offering, all of those things that we, we talk about sometimes in Scripture. It's God's, this is what I like to refer to it as, is tithe and offering is God's management trainee program for you and I. God doesn't need me to give him a penny. He just tells us in the Word, hey, give me 10% of everything that's already mine. Watch this. This is, this is what I want you and I to understand about tithing. If I have uh, 10 oranges, because I know people, we freak out about money, so let me talk about oranges. <laughs> it's true. We all, everybody always gets upset about money. It doesn't matter. If you go to the bank, it's uncomfortable, is it not? It's the worst place in the world to go. I, I mean, I worked there for years, but it was still the worst place in the world because whether you had a lot or had little, it was uncomfortable. So if you have 10 oranges, um, Cynthia eats oranges at, at the office. So Cynthia has 10 oranges. One of them is not hers. If, if Lois, God knows Lois has 10 pairs of shoes. We know one is not hers. We've got 24 hours in a day. Two hours and 40 minutes of the day is not mine. We're often a thief if we don't use the time that God purposes. See, money is not our problem. Management is our problem. And, and so I'm using these examples because tithing and offering is, is not about money. It's about management. When we talk about giving tithes and offerings, it's not about your money. Church isn't trying to take anything from you. What I used to, years ago, I used to see money, and I struggled with, with giving even when I was in ministry. Struggle, struggle giving because I was just like, felt like I never had it to give. <laughs> just going to tell you straight up, it didn't matter. It just seemed like it was never there to give. But, 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 but the issue, it's not about money, it's about management. And when you and I can get that principle down and understanding that, it gets better. Because God says that you and I can consistently put away, tithing is 10%. I can consistently put away 10% of everything. And that's me doing that for his purposes. But the truth of the matter is, is 100% of everything is already God's. My car, 100%, my home, my clothing, my money, my oranges, my pairs of shoes, right? If, 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 if we write Lois a $1,000 paycheck right now, how much of your $1,000 paycheck is the Lord's? $1,000. Tithing, the principle of that is just God says, just give me 10 he said, he, God's saying, I know it's all mine, but I'm asking to see if I can trust you with more for the 10, right? That's, that's what it comes down to, is you and I understanding that, that it, it always the Lord's anyways. Uh, so, so it makes us kind of sort of look at it this way. Why would God want you and I to put aside 10% if it all belongs to him? Why does he want us to give him 10% if it all belongs to him anyway? You see, it's not about the money. God's not trying to take anything from you. God doesn't need it. Remember, we have access to, he owns everything, right? Uh, I, I, you and I are rich, whether your bank account says it or not, because you have access to it in the kingdom. All right? It doesn't matter what your financial statement or what your taxes are going to say this year. All right, you are a member, a citizen of the kingdom. 
Tithing, it's not about money. It's about ability. It's about our will. It's about our control to put it aside. In other words, God is after our discipline. So the purpose of tithing is this. God says, if, if I can trust you to manage 10%, then he's happy to trust you with the 90%. This is the whole point of it. God can't trust you with more if we can't manage a small fraction. That's all that tithing is about. We see it from the beginning of Scripture all through. God wants to know that he can trust you and I with little. So he can trust us with more. So oftentimes, if we're afraid to trust him with a small amount, like 10%, we'll keep losing the 90%. That's what I told you about the people who brought that big power receipts on my desk. They, they should have been an overflow. I mean, you're making six figures a year, and you don't have a house payment, and all of these different things, and there was just no, it was just waste and in in, in, in all of that in their life. God wasn't able to increase or bless the 90% Right? Because one, they weren't giving to the Lord. Right? I found that out through going through the receipts. <laughs> I was just like, wow. And, but, so God wasn't able to bless and multiply the 90%. So they ended up with nothing. So that's oftentimes why we're broke. I'm, I'm encouraging you and I to start being a better manager when it comes to yourself financially. Right? We, we, we be a better manager in every aspect before you pick up the stuff that's not necessary and before we do things that, that just seems unnecessary before we lowest buys an 11th pair of shoes right i'm telling you i'm I, i'm i'm guilty of that just like you are there have been times uh, i i learned the secret of of especially big purchase items i don't just go and buy it i go and look at it and i learn the discipline of walking away and then going back again and looking and you know after you do that a couple of times you realize i don't want that I don't want that. Yeah, I, I used to be an impulse buy, buy a car. First one I saw, that's what I got. And, and God had to teach me, no, it's about discipline. There have been times I would look at buying something, Sister Amy, and then walk away from it, go back and look at it again, and, think, oh, and then somehow I got blessed with it. God spoke to somebody else. They bought it for me. Or they gave it as a gift or, you know, it, like things like that that God had worked because I learned the discipline of being a manager, right? Whether I had much or I had little. I'm telling you, I, I don't care if you make less than $1,000 a month. If you'll manage what you have, you put yourself in a position where God can increase it because you're just being a better manager, right? Just just using, and using what you have. Are you still with me? I, or I know we didn't get very far, but... I want to make sure you you're understand what I'm saying. What's that? Okay, good. It's important. Uh, I can't drill it to home to you uh, enough about, about management and caring with what you have. Um, so sometimes I get frustrated, you know, when you pastor or you try to lead people because not everybody, not everybody will care for things the way you do. All right, uh, Scott, you post pictures of like trucks and things. You used to drive truck, right? And there's nothing better than driving a truck that looks clean. I mean, if you try to drive an 18-wheeler and it's filthy dirty, it's just, you know, you're talking about a multi-million dollar piece of equipment. My uncle buys a new truck like every, he'll put a million miles on a truck and then buy a new one because they're like 
he spends a million plus dollars on a truck. There ain't a time I'll see that truck that it ain't spot, spick and span. And somebody, one in the family said, I just don't understand why they're so blessed. They, they have 14 karat gold faucets in their bathroom. And all he does for a living is a truck driver. But they manage. And they're givers. I mean, they're givers. And God blesses them because they manage what they have. It, their house isn't like impressive. It's nice. It's beautiful. But they've made it into like this thing to behold, right? Because they're good managers. I can't tell you here in the church, sometimes it frustrates me when you have other people doing things and they just don't manage like you manage, right? I, I, even though my, I don't have everything in my house, I'll put flowers out. I'll try to manage what I got, right? Do with what you got. We, we put mums out last year trying to brighten up what isn't bright. You know what I mean? I'm going to manage with what I got. Doesn't matter. Somebody said, why? Somebody said to me, why do you care so much about what your yard looks like? Why? Because I'm managing what I got. Yeah, I'm sort of particular. It has to be like just so. And I like it to be trimmed and all of those things, right? That people see me up there mowing all the time. Cynthia and them know, like, I'm, I'm going to go mow. We just mowed three days ago. Yeah, I know. I'm managing what I got. I'm going to care for it because I'm not going to believe that God's going to bless me with more. How's God ever going to bless me with the helicopter if I can't manage my little Ford Fusion? Right? God can't ever bless us with a, you know, mega building if we can't manage, you know, one that's however big this is. Same thing in our home. Hallelujah. Characteristics of a manager. I wanted to get into Mark 6. I think it's on your paper, but um, we're not going to be able to because uh, it'll just take us too far over. But in Mark 6, when he talks about the feeding of the 5,000, I, I put it there on your paper. I, I did include the scripture, right? I put in there then in, in little parentheses and bold, this is administration, this is resources, delegate. It, 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 this is what I'm trying to show you, that even in that, he was teaching kingdom. Even in that, Jesus was, was showing them how, how to manage resources. God says, look, I can take a few fish and loaves of bread and I can multiply it, right? I can multiply it just by appreciation appreciating what you got i've learned that lord when i only had cereal to eat god i thank you i'm not kidding you god i thank you that i got a bowl of cereal to eat god i thank you that this is my fifth day on oodles of noodles but by doing that god will bless he'll bring increase and allow me that hey i guess what i can do something different on day six you know something like that that's where we'll pick up. Any any thoughts, comments, or anything? I know we didn't get very far, but hallelujah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Management. God help us to be better managers. I'm telling you, if you'll start asking God that, when you go, you go to the store and you start putting stuff in your cart or whatever, or you're one of those that you can make a quick trip to. Um, today they were all ordering lunch, and that's all good. You know, they can order lunch. I'm not. This isn't a judgment or anything. They kept saying, "Aren't you going to order?" No, because I already knew where we were going. I'm like, God, I'm not ordering lunch. I'm going to be a manager. This isn't a judgment against you guys for doing that. It's, that's not a rebuke at all. Just for me personally, I was like, I'm going to manage 
what I got. Right? The difference between being a manager and not is I can go to work and buy my lunch or I can pack it. Right? I'm going to manage what I got. If, if in a time that we are in, look at our, look at our country. Look at the thousands of people this church has to feed every month. Great that we can do it. Isn't it awesome? But beyond that, there are people that are struggling to put food on their tables and food insecurity is through the roof and all of that. But yet, if we could just, as a church, teach people to be better managers, not only will it help you and I, so I encourage you, start praying that God help me to be a better manager in my marriage, in my finances, in every aspect, being a better manager for my health. I, God, I ain't going to pray heal my diabetes if I'm still going to, you know, do this, right? Or uh, I, was, I was praying, literally, God, I pray that you'll heal my back. Of this. I believe you can melt the, the, the rods and pins of my back in the name of Jesus. Make it whole. And then God says, mm-hmm. He said, you want me to heal your back, but you, you're down in caffeine like it's going out of style. And instantly I'm like, oh, yeah, that ain't going to work. God's saying, I'm not going to fix your temple, heal your temple that you're not even caring for. Right? I would work from morning till night and then sleep three, four hours. And God was like, no, I'm not healing. Heal you for what? You're going to die in five years at the rate you're going. Right? It was a ma- being a better manager in every aspect of your life. So it's just not money. It's in every aspect Remember back to Genesis. That's so important, and we'll come back to it later. He, di- he, he didn't even allow vegetation to grow. He had somebody to manage. So he cannot increase your life, your health, your wealth, your marriage, whatever, unless you can manage what you have. God help me to be a better manager. That's what we need to pray for, for Lois of the finances of our church over our church leadership. God, help us to be better managers of what you have, of what you've given us in my money. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 